Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor, Caleb Winley. We're here to help you get through Sunday. Was it too loud? Did, did you have feedback? Were the musicians too loud? Could you not hear the pastor? Well, we're here to help you with that. We provide audio solutions for all of your spiritual gatherings. So let's learn something today, all right? Let's go. Welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your humble host, Mr. Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor. Pastor Caleb Winley, how you guys doing out right there? What's right up? on time as usual, my brother. I'm so proud. I'm enamored. Oh, I'm enamored. New college. You enamored? You enamored? Tell it. Tell it. No. Tell it. No. No. <laughs> no. I can sound it out. I'm going to sound it out. E e enamored. How about that? No doubt. We want to thank our sponsor, Metro Podcast Studio, the hottest podcast studio in New York City. If you have anything you need done for your podcasting needs, live stream, recording, video, post production, then get it done. Hit them up at MetroPodcastStudio.com for all of your needs. Um, today's topic is um. Man. I'm going to call it the live wire. Live wire. The live wire. <laughs> the name okay. of today's... The name. No, 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 no. It's a, it's, uh, it's a live wire, but the topic yeah, yeah, is... Yeah. Yeah. Hold your breath, people. Mm-hmm. Black mm-hmm. pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. White church. Uh-oh. Black we learn selector. We learn, we learn selector. Black pastor. Come on. White church. And so... To delve into this, I had to pick someone who lived the experience, yeah, um, indulged in the the, 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 the the various transactions of, of of the moment, of the many moments. Yes, yeah. yeah. Had deep, in-depth okay. conversations with with this with these moments. Right. So, it. coming to the stage, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my Great co-host, the pastor, introduce our guest for today. Sure, 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 sure. So James Taylor had a difficult upbringing in an abusive home until he was 12 years old. But the struggles he faced as a young man is what spurred him on to search for Christ and inspire the other men to find their work in Jesus. James came to know Christ personally at the Navy, in the Navy at the age of 20 on the USS Baton. James currently serves as a church planter in Atlanta, Georgia, and a blogger for We Men, We, yeah, WeAsMen.org. In his free time, James enjoys coaching basketball and training, as well as writing and weight training. But what he enjoys most is time with his wife and four beautiful children. I'd like to introduce you all, James Ella. That's right, James Taylor Jr. Yeah, what up, everybody? You got work on you got work on your buttons. I'm supposed to get like music right now. Like, <laughs> I'm like, never. I got it's you coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, affectionately called Pastor JT. Yeah. Affectionately called Pastor JT. I call him Jay. Yes, I got my reasons. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it out of the broadcast. <laughs> Because you gave me my got, last beat. It's fine. 
because you gave me my last spanking. It's fine. I ain't ashamed of where I come from. Okay. Okay. So he almost so, killed me. So, yeah. so with Caleb, see, I was so Caleb, I was going to shock him. Uh oh. What, what he don't know is James Taylor Jr. is my little brother. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, word. Yep. Yep. You gave wow. me my last beating, Doc. Don't be excited for him. Uh. He beat me, man. He gave me my <laughs> nah, last nah. spanking. And I'm, guess what? I was 18 I'm, I'm, years old. I was grown. What? <laughs> well, you thought you was grown. You put you some Billie Jean gloves on. You put some Billie Jean gloves on and beat the bricks up. And you better for it today. No, we're not giving him no, no. credit today. Let's move on. <laughs> but yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I'm way better for it today. Yes, I am. No doubt, you don't no want to admit it, though. You no know. Doubt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the scars are still there. <laughs> scars are still there. Okay. So, so now, so now, this is the part two of the shock I want to give Caleb. This is part two of the shocker. You there? Like he froze up. All right, you back. The only reason why he froze is about to lie about the whooping. That's all. I <laughs> do. You, you that was the Lord. <laughs> you don't want me to go into detail. You, you, you no, don't. please. No, you, I was a terrible teenager. I was a terrible teenager. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not gonna. We gonna don't be way off topic. We gonna be way off topic. We gonna talk about yeah, spare, parenting spare. skills and oh, big God, brother, Jesus. big brothership and all that stuff. We ain't gonna do that. Oh Lord. We gonna we no. gonna do that. We gonna do Let's, that. Nah, nah. All all I want to tell the audience is beating coma. Thank God. That's all. I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. I'm in the land of the living. That's all I want. That's to say. right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. We ain't got to say no more. Anybody that had an older brother know exactly what I'm talking about. We good. Um, All right. So. That's crazy. Bong. Bong. JJ. What's up, man? Ah, uh, we out here playing music. Yo, okay. Okay. So now, around, so now, I'm gonna hit Kate. Right. I'm gonna hit Kate. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh. One, two, uh, uh, uh. I'm hit you in the head. Two, uh. Want to check it, check it, check it. I've been rapping ever since I can sit on a party. Back when Slick Rick was singing, Lordy Dotty. Cause we don't fools, no troubles. We go by the body and don't be fresh. we we'll do the beatbox to rock the party. And I grind the path to perfect my craft. My bars are living, I were not on the grab. Rated P for the passion of Christ. I've been my own cross like a true man, never a mic. My device, my bars like uh -huh. Yes, I flow like a butterfly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay, so, 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 Caleb. Yo. You asked, a, you, Yo. Asked a, you asked about my son, like, earlier, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Justin in the beginning. <laughs> Word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. Yeah. He That's yeah, man. He a taxpayer now, though. Right. Taxpayer yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taxpayer yeah. now. Wow, isn't that crazy? Lady. I know. Double tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 Oh man. Nah, that is. All right. So before we jump into the topic, what we do? What we do? Like last week, I think I, I, I totally skipped this whole section, but this week we're gonna do uh, it. Yeah. We're gonna jump into what we call Sunday school. Now, what Sunday school is? The funny stories we tell at church. 
um, that we share amongst um, people that serve at church. But a funny story yeah. to us, it could be funny to you. So, this week, our illustrious guest, Pastor JT, will, will share in the sermon of the day with um, Sunday School. So, let's get into it. Sunday. Okay, class, it's time. Time for Sunday no, School. I don't want you to go. Get me on. Come on. Yes, yes. So, the title of Sunday School for me today is She Looks Broken. And so, what happened was, I was a teenager. What happened, man? You're supposed to give us like three choices. Okay. She looks she, she looks broken. Uh-huh. She, okay. Dick ain't always it. <laughs> what? I made That's what I said. Always it. She looks broken. Dick ain't always it. And... There's no such thing as casual sex. Oh, see. Wow. Wow. And what was the first one again? She looks broken. She She looks broken. Thick ain't it. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's no such thing as casual sex. And you know what? After that, after that, I can't let y'all get away with the process. So my title changed. All those three, now you got to pick. Now I just changed the title. Because you probably would have won with the first one. Now I want to see what you would do with the other two. Okay. Now I'm going to go with one of the other two now. So say that again. Mm-hmm. She looks broken. Uh-huh. It mm-hmm. came in. It came in. And there's no such thing as casual stuff. What you think, Caleb? Yo, I'm... I'm, I'm wow. This is a tough one. Um, it's tough for you, Pastor. Because if you pick one, Pastor, you know, folks going to ask you. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what you thinking about, brother? <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm gonna take the safe one. She looked broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to say, and, and, to, and to save my brother, I will concur. So, the, yeah. so, the, so we're gonna go with she looked broken. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're broken. Yeah, I'm going to pick thick ain't it, but that's fine. You know what I'm saying? That's fine. He Old Testament church. I'm New Testament. We risk it all when we talk. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, um, so basically what happened was I was in that phase where hormones was raging, wanted to talk to girls and different things like that. So there's a beautiful girl that was at church. I always wanted to be with her. And honestly, I just wanted to fornicate with her. Sure. And she would always dress provocative at church on Sunday mornings and stuff like that. And one day my grandmother w- walked up to me. She said, what you looking at? I said, well, you know. Well, you know, right? <laughs> she said. She said, "But do you know?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Do you really know?" I'm like, "No, no, no, you no, I don't think so." Because you looking at what I'm looking at? Because what I'm looking at look good. She said, "What I'm looking at look broken." I'm like what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, "No, nah, no, nah, she's fine." She's like, "You just looking at the yams and the body and all that." I was like, "Well, what else am I supposed to look at?" And she said, every time you see a girl that got a lot of body and willing to show you everything she got, she's broken. She mm-hmm. said, the holes in her panties talks about the holes in her soul. The tightness of her jeans talk about the loose love that she's never received, so she's willing to give it all away. Her top is open to invite you into a place where there's nothing but brokenness and wounds. 
And that smile is really a frown just turned upside down to hide all the pain that another man or having not a father in her life has caused. So now I'm traumatized as a kid. Because <laughs> I got girls coming up to me half naked. Oh, girl, you broken. Lord Jesus. Is your frown upside down? Is your soul exactly. being snatched by the devil? Well, you got it. So, so now I used to sit in the back of the church. And so I'm sitting in the back of the church and all the girls in the back of the church is half naked. Now, you know, there's first service girls and there's second service girls. I don't care if you oh, don't yeah, like yeah. it. We know it's yeah, the yeah, truth, yeah. so yeah. let's not yeah. be sensitive yeah. for those who are listening to this podcast. And the yeah. first service girls, they dress to the nines. They got their clothes fully covered. They dress down to their mm-hmm. ankles and they sit closer to the front. Exactly. Second service girls been at the club all night. <laughs> so they come in at the last two songs of praise yeah. and worship. Yep. And they sit in a hoochie section. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's and all the, the church. The church boys is that let alone, we want to sit in the free section. Now, half of them ain't never had sex in their life, but just the moment of sitting back, they make them feel good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I wind up like I was, my brother said, I was a wild one, so I was sitting back there. Do you know the preacher got up there? He said, Some of you. Just do whatever to your bodies, wherever you want to win. And I'm looking at the girls. Yep, that's y'all. That's y'all. <laughs> you talking about y'all. You're talking about y'all. And then the girl said, why are you sitting back here? I was like, I don't know. She's like, well, ain't that your grandmother and all that? You should be up there with all them women of God and all this other kind of stuff. I said, I ain't saying. She said, well, you might as well get saved because you're back here complaining. So I spent the whole time back there. Every time the preacher said something, I would point to one of the girls. He's talking about you. Yeah, you going to hell. Number three. You're going to hell. Number number four, you lukewarm. He talked about lukewarm Christians. That's you. That what, you, the home wrecker. Uh, no, they talk about the adulterous woman at the well. That's you. You got a shot to get saved. When the altar call time, one through five need to walk out. <laughs> Needless to say, what? the girl said, well, why are you sitting back here if you know so much about Jesus? You might as well get saved yourself. For all the rest of my life. As I said, ain't no sense of sitting in the back. And I know somebody could come to the front to know Jesus. So I started sitting with all the church mothers every Sunday morning. I said, at least I have a shot every Sunday to come to Jesus. No longer freak me. I'm going to be in the faith section. Started sitting with the ushers and greeters. The moral of the story is don't listen to your grandparents tell you what you really see from a spiritual standpoint. It'll mess up your whole pimp game. You wind up looking at every girl as a soul that can be saved. You just... (laughs) Lord have mercy. I regret telling this story now because now I realize I ain't do a lot of stuff my friends did because I always had that paranoid feeling, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. It's funny. One one girl said to me, "Are you ready to get married?" I said, "Oh no, no, no." no. She said, "When are you gonna get 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 ready?" I said, "I gotta get saved first." She said, "The way you living? What you mean get saved first? I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." You look like first service. I can't mess with you. I got. I don't agree with my spirit. And I don't even have the Holy Spirit. Oh, you know, I'm a second service guy right now. Pray for me. But anyway, that's my story. <laughs> Whoa, crazy. Yeah, crazy! Oh my god! So let's let's just dive right. Let's go. Let's go right into the deep. So, yeah, yeah. name of today's topic is Black 
pastor, pastor white church. White church. Black pastor, white church. So this book just on percentages and it's kind of get down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So based on millennials, 40% have no affiliation with your church, with a church, 18 to 29. Small churches account for 46%. Mm. Yeah. Small churches account for 46 So it's not a misnomer that like that um mega churches have taken over the world. Like 46% is is account for um small churches. So with that being said, it's mm. why do members stay and why do members leave? Right? So mm. your your generation, your church by generation, like your baby boomers are like 89%. Your Gen X is like 79%. Yeah. Your millennials are 68%. So when a when a member decides to leave is for four reasons. It'd be mm-hmm. your pastor leaves, it'd be politics, it'd be music, it'd be conflicts, and then it'll be what we're talking about today. <clears throat> the personality, a new personality arrives that is diametrically that's diametrically different from right. the congregation. So, yeah, right. so I was talking to a, I was talking to a pastor, and he basically said he was meeting with the um, he had a guy that wanted to have a multicultural church, and. He was telling about his dream about having a multicultural church and the experience about how conversation about having a multicultural church. And I basically asked him, I said, well, you mean multicultural or multiracial? Because it's the difference. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a multiracial church, 71% of multiracial churches are pastored by white pastors. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. Wow. So when you step into this, that, that that says a whole that says a whole lot. So if you take it back a click to just your experience of becoming a pastor, what was your journey of becoming a pastor? So mine's is probably not the most um, traditional because I started out predominantly associated with a white Pentecostal when I was pastoring, planning a church. And then I switched to predominantly Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. And their differences based on how they perceive the word of God, but they had the same standards as being white men. So if they both were not going to treat me equally, yeah. they're both they both were going to spend more time colonizing me into their style of ministry versus making me a missionary. And let me be clear. A lot of times when you deal with white pastors, they have a missionary mindset when it comes to blacks. They they, they yeah. don't have a mission. They don't have a missionary mindset. They have a colonizer mindset. Missionary mindset mm-hmm. is, hey, I'm coming in. I, I believe in you. I want you to go over here and I want you to plant a church that fits your culture. Because multicultural means you have different ray of people <clears throat> That come from different backgrounds. They have different uh, yeah. styles of how they do worship. They have different styles. That could be white, black, Hispanic. But when you're multi-racial, it's predominantly white and black. And man, I'm trying to tread softly when I say this, but you know me, so I'm gonna just be honest. You have a lot of whites leadership 
that see most times blacks as house Negroes, but don't think that way. Mm. They don't speak that way, but that's how they think. Of yeah. So when you come into yeah. church and be a part of yeah, the yeah. ministry, they're giving you a photo op, but not a voice. Mm. So when I planted my church, I was I was camera ready. Big black guy, and you know, he's cool, he can rap, you know, typical what they see in a Negro, and they just want to take pictures with me. Mm. And so a mm. white pastor wow. that was a church planter that they would plant, he they would give him probably close to 150,000 to plant and a nice new building and send about a hundred people with them. Well, with me, mm. They're going to give me probably 10K, right? And they ain't sending nobody with me. They'll help me fix up a raggedy building that they gave me, right? So it's like, it's a totally different. Wow. And then they'll bring all the white people to come fix up the building. Because they don't trust you with the money because you know how black preachers are, they think. Yeah. And then they'll take a bunch of pictures and put it in the uh, newsletter for the denomination. Wow. Yeah. So what yeah. I did was I joined that. I took over building. We started growing. and started seeing a lot of African Americans, and I had merged with a, a all white church. And by our our seventh meeting, the number of completion, which I think makes this ironic, <laughs> is the white pastor literally was like, um, "I uh, called me the N word. I don't want to use that word because I don't know how the podcast works, but." He literally called me the N-word in the elders meeting. He did? I don't want to work with no N-word. But I'm devastated. And and then it shaped the way that I looked at my white counterparts a lot. And every white member that was a part of my church eventually left and went to a predominantly white church that had blacks that would submit to that leadership. So I pastored for 11 years. <clears throat> I grew the church to over 200 people. We were doing well, we were growing. And because I wanted to do better with my family, I had stepped down. And I think the last new member class had about 40 people coming, so it was growing. And then somebody bought the property in the building and the members actually stayed. But my whole journey, my first seven years was dealing with trying to get white people to understand the dynamics of having a church in the inner city and the financial needs that we have, as well as how to yeah. respect us. And I'll be honest yeah. with you. Um, I took a lot of pictures and got very little support. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of pictures, man. And, and guess what? You know, we could hold down a pulpit, so they had me come and preach every Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 do, and watch this. And take up an offering for the admissions department. Mm-hmm. Raise like 150, 200,000 off of what I preached and literally give me like $2,000 and thank me for coming. So, my church over here is struggling wow. in the inner city of Portsmouth, Virginia. We could use the building, use the space. Eventually, I got a building, but it's like we could have fixed up that space right there and did really good things right there where I was at. Right, and right. They, right, never, right, they right. never invested in me, never. And it was heartbreaking. I did a lot of crying. I had to I had to wrestle with how I feel about white people. Um, I accepted that a lot of the leadership sometimes thought like colonizers. I accepted that there were people who were flat out racist and only wanted me in place. Like literally the guy who called me the N-word was celebrating me only because he wanted to prop up and say, I have a N-word in place as a pastor. So he can draw them in, we can get the building going. 
And he literally said in a meeting, my job was to bring you here so I can tell you what to do. Wow. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> you gonna learn today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went through a whole dynamic. Wow. And, and let me be clear when I say this part, and then you guys have another question is, I had to make sure that I honored First Timothy, the third chapter, and I had to make sure I entered, honored that the book of Acts. And I'm going to say not just no. Acts, not Acts 2. I'm talking Acts 9, where it says the diversity and treatment yeah. of the widows and the Gentiles yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I had yeah. to learn how to honor that. And, and, and let me put this in layman's terms so people who don't listen to the Bible, don't read the Bible or know what I'm talking about. I had to make sure I ain't go on 143rd Street and 7th Avenue and slap the taste out of somebody's mouth. I had to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. I was Peter in the Bible or Paul in the Bible mm-hmm. where I honored the word of God and not <laughs> exactly. give nobody the fivefold ministry. That's exactly what it had to do. Fivefold ministry means punch <laughs> somebody in the face because they disrespected me as a black man. And I want to be clear, I don't yeah, consider yeah. myself a black preacher. And I know a lot of black preachers don't like that, but I'm not. I'm a preacher who happens to be black. My my skin color is not my qualification. Yeah. My yeah. qualification is whatever it is because of the anointing of God. But I realized that when I meet with other whites, I'm a black preacher. And that's a and even oh. that statement is low man totem pole. Yeah. Like low man totem pole. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. And I say this to say that say this. I had to learn that blacks are very blunt, whites are very sneaky in church world. So they don't say everything they want to say to you. They're gonna be sneaky about what they do to you. Mm-hmm. And they got cold yeah. words for one mm-hmm. another whenever they think you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Mm. And, and so, um, wow. yeah, and that's how it was. We grew in that church. A lot of people started coming. We started getting well-known. And then we eventually moved into another building, basketball court, gym, typical stuff. You grow, you start building more in the community. And it was, a, it was an uphill battle from there just because of the simple fact that people wanted to control me based on the growth of popularity. So now I'm growing. Right. And now you want right. to help me more. And this is how it normally works. If you're white and, and, and you're young starting out, you're going to get a lot of money. Yeah. If you're young and you're just starting out, you're black, you're going to get very little money. Unless you submit to a lot of authority and you play the game. I don't do no dancing. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then when your church grows and everybody want to give you money because mm. they want to attach themselves to you. Now, remember though now. Yeah. Now listen, man, once you get that check, you got to do at least five to six different pitches. You got to smile. You got to put your thumbs up. You got to, and that's a guy to know you happy you in the house. You ain't in the field no more. You in the house. You ain't sitting at the oh, table. God. You ain't yeah. sitting at the table. You basically serving them food. And how you serve them food is by taking pictures. Wow. By being somebody that they greet and give a badge and let you meet the well-known white guy who's there speaking. Right. And y'all take right, a picture right. together. He gets right. to take that picture with you and then tells a story when he's preaching. I met the young black pastor, JT, and I gave him these guidelines. And for a lot of you black yeah. guys who are listening to me, this is what you need to do. So it was always a photo op. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was never a respect or inequality. Because if you real, realize the plurality of eldership in the Bible, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where the pastor's yeah. still yeah. the senior pastor, but there's a plurality. You, you're not getting That's it. That's right. And, right. Um, and it's interesting now because what P.O. was talking about the generations, when this world opens up, I don't know if uh, white people, uh, black people, are going back to white churches. 
All those black yeah. pastors that got small churches, they they better be prepared. They might get a little flood now. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. the way white evangelicals been talking lately, I can, you look at your pastor differently right. when you don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. When you look at so, the stances yeah. they make, the stances they make, and the, it's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. stances, it's the things you don't say. Mm-hmm. That's the exactly. most important thing. Exactly. It's the things that you don't say. It's the things that you don't stand up for. It's the things that you try to act like don't exist. Exactly. But they that, say it exactly. in the white churches. They say it. Black Lives Matter is a cult. Black Lives Matter is witchcraft. Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. is demonic. It is not of God. Black Lives Matter. They, they don't have a problem with saying that. They, they, sure. they, they, they don't believe in social justice. They don't believe in woke church. And I don't believe in calling it woke church either, because I think that takes away from the truth of what the word of God says based on Matthew 23, 23, right? Where it says the weightier matters of justice. They don't do that. They just, they just downplay. White folks saying it now, like, I I, I don't care if you're a member of this church. And if you decide to leave, of course, you don't mind us leaving because we're not the dominant fact. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? And some of these racist white pastors only like black church members for optics. So once the optics is gone, because Trump was a mm-hmm. blessing. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but he was a blessing. He let me know every racist mm-hmm. white preacher I ever dealt with. I now know. When I see them, I'm like, oh, there you go. You know what I'm saying? I see you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Peek-a-boo. I see you. Right? So, so it's not like he hide no more. So, so how, would, how would you define a multicultural church versus a multiracial church? Um... A multiracial church is always going to be labeled black and white. In a multiracial church, whites tend to see a multiracial church. And I'm I'm really about to get in trouble. Y'all yeah, better be careful with this one. I'm going to put y'all on the spot now. So a multiracial church is for a white man. A multicultural yeah. church is for a shepherd. Mm, The multiracial church deals with having enough blacks for optics and enough missionaries going out and sharing the gospel. But we ain't got to deal with y'all Negroes. We paying for y'all to go somewhere else. Because think about it. When you look at most of them, when you look at most of the churches now, you have churches that don't do anything for the blacks that live in their own country. Exactly. So so what's what's crazy is you're racist towards me at a multiracial church. It's I'm your pastor. This is the biblical principles. And I can hide behind mm-hmm. my racism based on scripture. Yes. And when you come here, you don't really have a voice. I'm going to give me one or two black elders if we big enough and we can afford it. But they just there for optics. They not really got a voice when I say something out of pocket. They can't really correct me. You see what I'm right. saying? They got to look the part. They got to get the buzz cut. They got to wear the blue blazers yeah, yeah, yeah. with the khaki pants and the penny loafer yeah. shoes. That's the, that's a yeah. white boy uniform. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to know yeah, your yeah. role yeah. and do your yeah. job there. At a multicultural church, that culture, that church is spending all their time to connect with the people in a church based on the variety of different nationalities and ethnicities. They're, they're mm-hmm. trying to make sure the gospel is central without taking away from who you are. So they might look at their praise and worship where they're trying to incorporate some of the, the, the spice of life in it, the excitement of sure, it. And sure. That's, sure. But at a multicultural church, we're going to do one thing for Black History Month. I mean, you know, multiracial church. We're going to do right. one thing for Black History Month. We're going to get yeah. that one Black preacher everybody like that sound like what mm-hmm. we're talking about. And remember, when he talked, he got to say stuff that white people want to hear. Right. Mm. 
And since this is your podcast, right. I ain't gonna say no names today. But <laughs> <laughs> there's some of these jokers that'll go out there and preach at these white churches because they're gonna get a nice check. They good for optics and oh, they yeah. sell them on the brand that they yeah. want. At a multicultural church, now, and here's the thing: a multiracial church is the is based on the races making sure they can work together. A multicultural church, the word cultural means that you're trying to get that whole cult, that whole church to realize that we have yeah. a culture as believers. The yeah, multiracial exactly. church is we trying to build out. A multicultural church is saying, you, you Ethiopian, you African, you, you European, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you know, you're Spanish, but our culture as a whole, we rock yeah. Jesus. So we, we build our Jesus, culture exactly. around the yeah, we build our culture around the Bible, yeah. not races. But we exactly. acknowledge the struggles that all of our races has based on the word. So we're gonna take care of the poor and the widows here. Right. We're not gonna say to the multiracial church, but we're just gonna do benevolence. And, exactly. and if you don't meet our qualifications, you know, when I look at an application that talks about benevolence and it asks you if you're black or white, mm. are you Hispanic, you might not get no money. Why you got that right. on the application? Exactly. You're a member of church. It don't matter. Are you a member or not? That's all that we need to know. We don't need to know if you're exactly. black or white. And what is yeah. your need? But at a multi multiracial church, they'll do that sometimes. Not all, but some. A multicultural church is just like, are you a member? Are you not? And so mm-hmm. that's how I define yeah. it. So if I was defined it in a more specific way to say it in a sentence, multiracial is for the betterment of a white culture. Gotcha. Multicultural is be- for the betterment of God's gospel. Gotcha. The multiracial plantation church. Yep. I can say it. All right. Okay. All right. And then you, okay. Have, you have <laughs> okay. multicultural okay, man, focused on the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no That's what okay. it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. That's crazy. Let me let's 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 backtrack just a little bit. What was the process to becoming the pastor of a white church? Well, for you, what was that process? The process is you're safe. That's the best way mm. I can say it. If you don't ruffle no feathers, I got dreads now, I wouldn't have made it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I right. wouldn't have made it. Uh, I was, I, I, I had the white boy playing clothes. It's very okay. imagery, it's very imagery. And it's very mm-hmm. sound like us. As long as you sound like them and then you believe like them and you don't ruffle any feathers, sure. you're good. Because every black man that was like, yeah, y'all don't really do social justice. Like prime example, I work with the Southern Baptist Convention. There's a lot of great people in there. But their program and their, mm-hmm. minist- their ministry was actually built off the blacks of slaves. The Southern exactly. Baptist Convention of Virginia was built yeah. by yeah. masters. So yeah. when Southern Baptists of Virginia talks about, a lot of them talk about they don't want to deal with social justice and black preachers just want our money. I want to say you owe reparations. Exactly. First of all, the Southern, if it was, now, listen, now I'm not going to disrespect the Southern Baptists to that level, but there should be a part of them that gives away millions of dollars every year than anything African-Americans are struggling with when it comes to the church because we worked and built it for them. The Southern Baptists helped to create this racial divide. And remember, Southern Baptists was very celebratory towards the Confederate flag, 
towards the Confederacy yeah. or their history trash. Yeah. If you go, if yeah, you just yeah. go look at the history of them. And, but, but to your original point, you had to play a role and you had to be okay with that role, which I never was good at. I always buffed and got in trouble so much to the point that they found the black guy that could actually help me that wasn't a part of their association. Um, wow. And they offered me a job. I mean, the person I was under in Virginia was amazing. Brian Audrey was amazing. Mark Custolo was amazing because when I voiced in my hurt, they didn't blow it away. And if they did, and, and when Brian Audrey didn't understand, you could say, hold up. You sound borderline prejudiced. Right. He would listen and hear it out. But you did a lot of dancing. And I didn't do a lot of dancing. My brother tell you, I don't, I suck at stuff like that. So I stayed in trouble. But what mm -hmm. got me over was my love. Like everybody knew okay. I was very loving. I was going to do the work. I didn't have a problem. And right. I didn't have my hand out all the time. As soon as they said right. they didn't want to give me something, I was gone. I moved on and I went to someone else. So that's wow. how I survived. But it's a lot of dancing. And let me be more clear. You got to go through their training program. You got to be approved by their board and you got to be approved by a pastor in the Southern Baptist. And you got to be a Southern Baptist pastor. Hmm. So if you're not a wow. Southern Baptist pastor, you might not make it. You're not going to make it because they're not going to. And if you affiliate with any Pentecostals, you out of there. Wow. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. So what makes you a Southern Baptist pastor? What would, what would make you that? Their doctrine. Okay. Yeah, okay. if you look at their website, they have a doctrine. There's only one thing Southern Baptist people deal with that, that, that they don't want to admit. That's their two different things. Tongues and racism. Okay. You know, they don't believe in tongues. Um, and they don't handle racism very well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just, wow. They terrible, man. Like, and it's it's covert. Wow. It's not overt. It's covert racism. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know what those lo those looters and rioters, those charlatans <laughs> in the streets. Yes, like, right, like, right. Like, 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 like. Yeah, we're so not white, gonna talk but, about but, the, but, we're gonna talk about the white boy with the gun, huh? We're not even gonna hello, right? Oh, with all, the, with all those those bricks that just showed up by themselves. But anyway, yeah. that's a whole nother story. So, 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 as another question, what were what were your earlier challenges, like musically challenged? Uh, what, 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 what was your challenge, especially as a rapper? You know what I'm saying? Did, did you find you had to shape it, you had to change it, you had to flip it? What was what were some of your early challenges? My early challenges was never really the music. I think it was the lack of my own personal identity. I had the talent. I had to, I had one of the dopest producers in Atlanta. So I had to worry about sure, beats. Sure. My yeah. problem was, you know, and, and 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 you know, print as well. Musically, he's phenomenal. I never had to worry yeah, about anything. Yeah. My you biggest thing you was know about that side of me. Oh, oh, nah, nah, you're a monster. You're a monster. Yeah, these I, young, I heard, these I young, heard a few. If these young boys came to him today, boy, they they listen. They, you know, they probably had to rap though, because he made beats that you actually have to have some skill oh, yeah, to. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> you can't be like, this is a bit of You can't do bubblegum rap, but but uh right. look, I'm getting in trouble already. Hey, don't edit it out. I don't care. So, but but <laughs> my biggest challenge in music was I had a pastor who had a pimp hand. But he didn't really develop me. Mm. He just used my talents. Mm. Like I got in trouble a yeah. lot as a youth pastor, but because I could draw crowds and preach really well, I got away with stuff. And then another guy who yeah. might be more spiritually mature than I was, had more vision than I was, went to college, 
um, they they would let him work with me to keep me in control because I had I could draw people so I would say my biggest challenge was identity because I'll never forget it and and this, this should help some young people Never trust a leader who will tell you and you come to him and say, hey, man, I need to learn how to budget my money. I'm really struggling in my marriage. And they say, oh, don't worry about your money. God, you're so gifted. God going to bless you to make a lot of money. Uh, don't worry about your marriage. God will work wow. that all out. The, the higher you go in God, the more wow. the, the new levels, new devils. Like, that don't help me when my wife want to kill me. I don't. That's exactly. Not, you know, and I know God going to bless me wow. eventually, but this little $75, don't meet yeah. this one hundred and eighty-five dollar bill. It don't meet the other exactly. one coming to. So it it was a lot of yeah. It was a lot of faith without works, you know. And sure. That was my biggest struggle. Um, okay. I, I signed a contract to this day that I I slap myself in the face every time I think about it. It just I, I'm trying not to get my brother mad, but I remember him oh. being so mad with me wanting to sign a contract. And I never thought about it till like maybe because this year has been probably the toughest years of my life because I'm evaluating my life. But I literally said I signed a contract because I didn't have enough faith in who God was making me to be. Okay. I had more faith in what yeah. I saw in front of me. Yeah. And I was willing to settle. You don't have identity, man. You know, you yeah. and identity requires you have to have identity before you can have vision. If you don't know who you belong yeah. to, you can't know where you're going. If you don't know who you belong to, you don't know where you're going. So, uh, and I started parishing. So I think that's the biggest thing I would say. So, so as far as your, your challenges with, when you became the pastor, staffing, how did you deal with staffing when you're dealing with this, this dynamic that's going on undercurrent? Like, how did you deal with staffing as far as your, your, um, your praise and worship team, your yeah, yeah, yeah. AV team, oh, your like, oh, what were your challenges and and where were you finding people? Or were you able to find people? <laughs> and how was how was it dealing with leadership in regards to that? Mm-mm. I can tell you what not to do. Okay, <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> the, the number mis- the number one mistake I made was not having enough patience in vetting. Mm-hmm. Too many young pastors want to grow too fast. They're yeah. more concerned about God. They're more concerned about God's creating God's atmosphere instead of growing God's people. Right. And, and let me be clear. When I hired people, I was hiring for a position instead of for purpose. Gotcha. So I, I wanted the best keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my keyboard player ain't have no purpose. He didn't do it for the love of God. He was a hireling. So when he came to play, he came for money. And if the money wasn't right, he wasn't giving you his best. He didn't have a, he had no buy-in to your vision. He had no buy-in to where the church was growing. He had no leadership to grow what you saw. Because remember, there's a vision within the vision. The visionary need to hire people. So my biggest mistake, and then of course, eventually I learned was I hired quickly. You, I, I, I believe what John Maxwell said. You hire slowly, you fire quickly. Because the mm-hmm. more you take time vetting a hire, the more they appreciate the job. The more you make a person go through the vetting process of being hired by you, 
the better it is for them to take the job. You've got to be patient. The second thing I say that's very important is the, mis the mistake that a lot of preachers make. Uh, uh, they move before their budget allows. Mm -hmm. Like they like they yeah. they put themselves in a hole yeah. quick, man. If you got fifty members, you don't need no full band. You don't need no full band. Nah. Don't right, right, right. let that go. Don't get you a right. little track. <laughs> put that press that little button. Yep. <laughs> and trust your He'll song leader. it up. You know what I'm saying? Let him, <laughs> let him sing his butt off. You know what I'm saying? And listen, you might be a black church singing a bunch of white thousands. Listen. It's all good. It's in your budget. Exactly. You can find, and you can find some Fred Hammond. You can find some Kurt yeah, Franklin. Yeah, yeah. You can find some John P. Key. You got to search for it now. But you can find yeah. those things. That, that, that was my it's biggest It's on cassette. Credit. It's on cassette. And the third thing that I think is most important I was trying to grow oh, man. when I hit a ceiling. Yeah. I, I, I was trying mm. to grow numbers while I hit a ceiling because oh. there's a difference. You should never lead to the capacity that you don't have as an individual, especially when you're dealing with white people, because a lot of times white people look at you from the learned standpoint. How much do you know? Oh. How much notoriety oh. do you have? Do you know how to break down the scriptures in Greek and Hebrew and all that other kind of stuff? They don't have the intimacy with the Lord sometimes. They don't. But they do have right, knowledge right, right. a lot, and and what what I right. failed at, and if I would say again with the third point is, I was adding people that I couldn't really shepherd. Mm -hmm. Okay, like I didn't have the I didn't have the yeah. wisdom to shepherd these people. So I got grown mm -hmm. men around me, and I'm giving advice to stuff that makes no sense whatsoever, and then it makes them want to walk all over me, and then it makes them want to do that. But I so I'm dealing with daddy issues while I'm shepherding. Mm. Wow. See what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. And a lot of pastors don't want to admit this. A lot of pastors become pastors because they want to be validated. Exactly. Yeah. They don't want to shepherd. They yeah. just want to be known. And so here's a broken man. In a, I'm in an elders meeting, mad at the elders because I'm like, will somebody love and respect me as an elder? <laughs> right? wow. So I'm in there like, Daddy, do you love me? <laughs> We're not supposed to be leading these guys. <laughs> like, I'm like, exactly. we should do this. And they're like, nah, we shouldn't do that. And it's like, you don't believe in me. <laughs> and they're looking at you like, you all right, bro? Like, <laughs> we But I was blessed to have- Get up from underneath the table. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. And I had one elder who pulled, me out, pulled me out and was like, uh, Elder Sam, my brother knows Elder Sam. <laughs> Elder Sam says, son, Hmm. You, you, you're going left a lot when God wants you to go right. I don't know why you in this elders meeting asking us stuff you should have been praying up and ready for. Now, what you going to do now? You're going to go home and you're going to ask God. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm here to follow you. I ain't going to follow uh, you no more now if you don't know what you're talking about. Boy, you was lusting at me. Lord, gee, what was you doing? My God, your brain. <laughs> and then I started crying. He, he gave me a hug. He said, this is even awkward. <laughs> I got to consult I got to console you on something you should know. What's oh going my on? He God. said, now things, he said, there are things that I'm here for you to guide you on. But yeah. a clear vision on where we need to go, that's between you and God, son. You're looking for our affirmation based off what you wing instead of what you worship. <laughs> you ain't worship your way, but you ain't praying fast. You just winged it. You came in and gave us a presentation thinking we was all going to be excited. Because if you was really confident in what God cared, you wouldn't care what we thought. You're going to go with what God told you to do. Exactly. 
I mean, I just can't let you know, <laughs> whatever. But go on <laughs> and figure that thing out. Now I'm not. That's right. I was like, well, we got an elders meeting in two weeks. Nah, son. Mm-mm. You're gonna do a 21 day for now. I'm gonna tell you what to do, man. You're gonna do 21 days of some fruits and vegetables. You need, you need the Daniel fast. You tripping? And then, and then he's like, <laughs> he's like, and he said, send me your proposal before we get in there. I'm gonna pray along with you. We're gonna do this together on that part. But you need to hear from God. Wow. And I never wow. forget, I never forget him saying, when I brought it back to him, I said, Ella Sam, you, this is something you would do though. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but you right. need to know that. Because if I'm doing it, we right. taking your check, I'm, I'm going to be the pastor. I'm going <laughs> to take this check. And I'll never forget it because what he was doing was he was saying, you have to learn how to trust God for yourself. A lot of times, pastors exactly. don't, man. That's why you got them smashing so many females. Can I say smash? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You have yeah. so many pastors sleeping with so many women. Exactly. Not because of the sex. Nope. Because of the emptiness of identity. Exactly. The affair happened with you and Satan before you and the woman. Like, you just... Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're so caught up in getting the opportunity. It, it's terrible, man. I, I looked at one preacher. I used to say, I probably know. Because me and my brother know we friends. But I literally mm-hmm. was sitting and talking to him the other day. And the first thing came out of his mouth, I said, you need to sit down for six months. You don't need to be passive. This your third strike. Okay? You done bumped wow. your head, man. You done... He goes... You're not even passionate, so you don't know what I'm going through. I said, everybody get horny. What you talking about? Exactly. Everybody got lust. Everybody <laughs> exactly. looking at the, exactly. the same thing you looking at, a whole bunch of other men are looking at. The only difference yeah. is one is broken before the Lord and the other one is broken before notoriety. Right. Your notoriety is your God, not your intimacy with God. And that's the thing. We 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 celebrate. Oh, man notoriety than we do rate our relationship with the Lord. Like, no matter how big your church is, everything that's in it belongs to God. From the members to the last light bulb, ain't nothing in there yeah. about you. You a project manager. That's all you are. Yeah. You And you are yeah. not a professional. You know what I'm saying? You are called by God. Because I get tired of people saying this is my profession. No, it's not. It's a calling. It's a purpose. You right. are a shepherd. Right. You, you, you. This yeah. is in him I live. You know, John 14 says, right? In him I live and move and yeah. have my existence. Like cats don't right. really live shepherding. And you know why? Because they don't shepherd right. at their house. Right. If you can do a whole right. video, and I know a lot of people are going to kill me for saying this, but it's fine. I'm going to just say this other part. If you could do a whole video with your son in the back of the car talking about your wife don't take care of you and you're a pastor of a mega church and you send it FaceTime, if your mind ain't gone, I don't know where your mind is. Who in their right mind got a members of over 7,000 people? Ain't that right, son? Mommy don't feed us, right? I'm looking at the video going, Lord, is this, is this really happening right now? Like, did he just... Yeah. That, that's when you know you are willing to risk it off for lust in the yeah. world instead of a lust for God. Because the word lust right, means strong right. desire, right? Either way. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you don't love God. Right. Y'all know we don't That's talk about this enough to. no more. We don't talk, we talk about everybody's failures. Oh, I do. Uh, but we don't uh. talk enough about, you just don't love God. Like, let's just keep yeah. it 100. Forget, exactly. you say, am I am I all past? No, 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 you're right on point. You're right on point. Okay. Right on point. Okay. okay. So, so if I get in the car and I'm on the phone, <laughs> <laughs> and I get ready to FaceTime some female, 
Y'all just slap me. Don't even waste no time. Snatch me out the car. Drag me down the street. Keep your bless all in your hand oh, and just gosh. pour it on. Me. God, I just got what you was talking. <laughs> I, I just, I just got. Yeah, you, yeah. I just, I yeah. just, it, yeah. It just, it yeah. just, it, it just hit me because we both know him. Hello. Uh, uh, all three of us know him. And we on, <laughs> and we on a cruise. Oh. Talk about that's your girlfriend. Like, all right, all right. So y'all oh. just on the boat at night, huh? Okay. See, but that's. But it don't start with fame. It starts with the private time. Yeah. My brother could tell you, I got in an argument with somebody in the gym. They banned me from the gym, sat me down for a whole year in the church. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. You remember that? I, I, thank, God, that. I thank God for it every day. Because what you yeah, did yeah, yeah. was, I'll yeah. never forget what the preacher said, too. <laughs> and I got, I'm trying to vote church softly. <laughs> and I got sat down by a preacher who lusted at my own way. That's how much God yeah. loved me. But think about it. I'm uh, not mad no more because I realized God exposed to me what I would become if I had not put him first. Exactly. See, sometimes we look at other preachers and we get mad and we hold grudges. What you really need yeah. to look at is least you too shall fall. And right. then you get jealous of somebody because they're more famous, but I don't mm -hmm. want what you got. Nope. Like I can honestly tell, I got friends who are very well-known pastors and they call me like, man, I know you're depressed, man. You you ain't got no job in the ministry. And I was like, I'll be looking at them like, yeah, but you got three baby mamas. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you and had to go to your church at the front and, row. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, and you know there's no, there's no conviction for what you do. And, yeah. and, it, and the problem is like what we're talking about right now. I have, I have conversations with pastors about lust all the time. And the one thing they get on me about is they go, JT, just come at me so hard. I said, am I really coming at you hard? Or am I really coming at you about accountability? Because I expect you to do the same thing with me. Exactly. And you know how I can say that? I can say this. And, and, and my brother probably won't bring this up. I remember working at a church, walking upstairs to the media room. And my brother sat me down. And all he said to me was, you need to take care of your wife. You remember that, Pete? Yeah. yeah. He ain't care about nothing. I'm like, you don't understand what I'm going to do. Shut up. You need to take yeah. care of your wife. I, rem I remember that. Remember that? I, I remember that. Because you know the crazy thing was? I remember that day because I'm, I'm in my office and it sounds weird, but I could feel you coming up the hall. Mm. Like I, I could feel you getting close to me. Mm. Like huh. I was sitting there, I was like, "Oh, Jay's coming up here." I could, I, I literally could feel you coming towards me. So when you open the door and you started your rant, I knew why you was here because I had something to tell mm. you. Yeah, and you and you went in. I walked out the office like nobody cares about me. It's all about that <laughs> kids. You know what I'm saying? Literally. And, and let me be more transparent with you. I've been married 17 years. Just two weeks ago. Not two weeks ago. Just two months ago, my wife needed two weeks away because she was just tired of us and the kids. Huh. Frustrated with me. Frustrated with the kids. And for the first time in my life, I knew that this was... 
this was the will of God, the pain I was going through. The other times were too, but I was so absorbed with what I wanted. Now, why am I saying this to you? You never go through phases where you're in your marriage and not having problems. You just have to be aware of what the devil is trying to do with you through those problems and what God is trying to teach you in those problems. And here's another layer to this, because I want to stay on task. When I went to white churches, I could not get that type of love because I was more Mm. of a I was more of a pawn on your chessboard to move for notoriety. And you really didn't care about my marriage. And if you did counsel my marriage, they would have the conversations with the other white pastors. Like, yeah, I just helped them. You know how black families are. They really don't stay together. Exactly. But when this guy married to her for 20 years and don't even make love to her, don't talk to her, don't hang with her, don't date her, he's always at the church. Exactly. And I've learned, I've learned culturally, and I need to say this because I hope, I hope a white pastor hears me when I say this. My biggest fear for them is they are great presenters. Their public practice outweighs their private performance. They need to switch that to my private practice outweighs my public performance. Right. There's too much of image. Exactly. Always, always in a suit and tie, always dressed up really well, speak all yeah, the words yeah. right. But if you ask them a specific question about what they're suffering with, you are too black to tell me anything. Yeah. Mm. Then you are not educated enough to tell me anything. You don't have right. the numbers to tell me anything. Right. And just as much as people always say black church is all about being mega and big, white people are just to say that sin has no boundary, no color, no, no nothing. None, none, so none. I say all that to say that. And I hope you all understand where I'm coming from. Too many black men want to be accepted by white men to be treated equal by going through a white man to get there instead of many of us honoring the Lord Jesus Christ for who he is and right. living out our truth with God. Exactly. Exactly. Because my, fa- Cause my favorite. Same, Go ahead. No, because it's funny because that same, like what you just talked about, that same white pastor, and I've seen this, brother, will take that congregation and sell it for $35 million. Oh. As you know, their average, their average is two the years now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Their average yeah. is two and, years. And they don't boop, stay. Send that, sell it, oh. put it, give it to some new dude that just came up right out the cornfield. Oh, yo, you, yo, God has blessed you. But I'm taking my 35 million. You can have the people. That's... You can have the people. And it's crazy, too. I will say this, Pete. I think one of the things that also scares me right now about our churches, there are two things that I want to say I think is important. The SPC does not have a black man that they fully respect in authority. Not one. Two, in this whole Black Lives Matter movement, I have a very uneasy feeling about it being ran by black women and there's no representation of black men. None. And black, black, yeah. And, and what I don't oh, like, go nobody don't, no, 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 I'm gonna go there. When I go to their website, uh-huh. a transgender, a Trans- queer, gender. a queer uh, LGBT community is more important than a black straight man who loves God. Or even right. a black man who doesn't love God. And the women right. who run it got this thing where they pray and they meditate on the ancestors of the people who are dead. It's some more weirdo stuff. And yeah. if somebody hears it, I think it's weird. I don't have a problem with saying that. I think it's weird that we're not accepted. I think it's weird that 
when a black man speaks, we are torn down by African-American women. Yeah. Um, um, and man, it's going to sound bad, but I see a lot of black men going to marry a white woman and go to a white church most times because they feel safer. Yeah. Not because they don't love black women or they, they just feel safer. And I know right, a lot of right. people are afraid to say that to your face is like, right. did he just say? No, I, I see, I have my own friend who is black, my full father said, I just feel safer at a black church. Yeah. I just, I mean, at a white church, I just feel safer. I feel loved. Yeah, he getting my ties. He right. might not let me do much, but he ain't screaming all day. He ain't doing 20 offerings. He right, not doing right. that. And now right. they stuck. Because now you know your pastor don't like Negro. Exactly. And, and then you got the one who's over here who may be more charismatic, and you're like, man, I don't want that either. You understand what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's like, it's yeah, a, it's, yeah, yeah. we're in a dark space, man. Like, when I look yeah, at yeah. Black Lives Matter, it's mostly white people and black women. So let me ask you this. Yeah. With the, with the whole the, the space that we're in right now and the pandemic and church online and right, right. Where you see the future is when a when you have a a person of color being a pastor and your white membership. How does that? How what do you see the future? Um, the South, the man of God wins it all. Mm. Like facts, I don't care what nobody say. The man of God wins it all. The pastor who is really concerned about shepherding people, because I think the world is going to open up eventually. Yeah. But uh, I think the Lord has shut us down because we got too many gods. Mm-hmm. A lot of whites made Trump their God. They made abortion yeah. their God. They made taxes their God. And they got what they got. They got them a saw on steroids. And then the black pastor who was always money hungry and pipping people out and the white pastor who was money hungry and pipping people out, they're struggling because they lived on the backs of the intendants and the motivation of taking money from people that were there. So what God is looking for now, and I'm just gonna be very practical. The pastor who is online preaching the gospel, and I don't wanna preach racial reconciliation. I don't need to be reconciled to you. I need to be reconciled according to the blood of Jesus Christ. What I need to be preaching is race, preaching the gospel and how we operate when it comes to race. How do I love you as a white man according to the gospel, not according to what you look like? And whites need to stop saying they don't see color. God created me this color. Embrace it, don't run away from it. So I feel the next move of God, and this is my opinion, it won't come from mega churching. It will come from mega shepherding. The That's next, good. the next wave has to be big people versus big buildings. I'm telling That's you, good. Pete, it has to be. Most pastors don't know their congregation, man. They don't have yeah, a they relationship. Don't. They with don't. Them. They do Sunday mornings. They they don't. They have elders meetings where their elders don't work. Yeah. The elders don't shepherd in the community. Every elder should yeah. have a small group, man. Every elder exactly. should be shepherding other people. And if you exactly. don't want to shepherd other people and do life with them, you shouldn't even be a pastor. You shouldn't be an elder in the church. I wouldn't let an elder, if if God ever blessed me to shepherd again, you will not be an elder in my church if you can't have people in your home. Yeah. If you don't evangelize, yeah. 
If you can't share the gospel with somebody that don't look like you, that's poor, the least of those, you'll never be an elder in my church. Because right now, people, elder pastors pick people that make them feel comfortable. Mm. They don't pick mm. people that God called them to reach. That's good. A lot of shepherds pick people that make them feel comfortable. Man, he don't he don't give me a hard time. He made me feel yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pastor has to grow his leadership team. That's what Ellis said. Remember, I gave you the story of Ellis saying, a lot of these guys don't know how to grow their team. They hit a ceiling, man. They don't even mm -hmm. study no more. They coasting. When you think about it, you get 2,000, you, you trying to chill and you trying to get more numbers in the building. So you put all your emphasis in marketing and branding yep. instead of shepherding. Yeah. I think yeah. a pastor needs to say, I don't want to do that no more. I don't want a marketing brand. Leave me yeah. alone. Let, let me shepherd the flock. Here's a marketing guy. You want to talk to him, talk to him. He'll do all that. I'm here yeah. to see how you doing. And then you pour into the marketing guy. Hey man, you made this poster to draw people, but is that really the vision that we have at this church? Right. Hey man, I noticed right, you, right, you right. know, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out, and y'all gonna laugh at me, but I'm trying to figure out when when will a pastor stop hiring angry engineers? Now, Pia, you blessed, you ain't that guy. But I'd be wondering what type of shepherd hey, listen, down here they got. Listen. <laughs> Listen. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, just, no, no, no. Let me tell you something. I be angry. Y'all be angry. And then the pastor don't take care of y'all. He don't even talk to y'all except when the That's why we angry. Out. He needs to learn how to. He needs to learn how to shepherd y'all. I used to. I used to think the engineer, the janitor, and the deacons yeah. are the most hated people in the church. <laughs> And they keep trying to figure out why they're angry because you don't spend no time with them. You don't pray with them. You don't do yeah. I, I watch pastors never spend time with the people. Like they talk about how the drummer is a, you know, mostly sleeping around with females and doing all that. But you don't never get to yeah, know yeah. them. You don't never ask them how you doing. You don't, shepherds don't shepherd, bro. Like they, I, do I, am yeah. I, tell me I'm wrong. If y'all think I'm wrong, tell me I'm no, wrong. No, 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 you're right. You're right. I, think, you're I right. think that a lot of times it, it could go, it could go two ways. It could go, person like i've seen angry engineers because that's the angry i've seen angry <laughs> se this just jerks i've seen angry engineers that's mad at the minister of music because the minister of music is a jerk i've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. i've seen engineers that's mad at the pastor the pastor don't communicate the pastor takes a side of the music minister who's wrong who happens to be the pastor's son and now you you don't have a voice in the scenario then i've seen engineers right. like me who want to get along with everybody but now you're pissed off because no one's listening. No one's right. paying attention. No yeah. one's taking your advice. No one's right, no right, one's right. even factoring you as as a, as a voice of reason. Right. And pastors like, need to tell the truth. We don't know what we're doing. Like like why don't a pastor just tell the truth? You taking a praise and worship guy. Half the time they sweet and you think they should be able to do what they want. I don't. I definitely ain't doing that. And then after they yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. they got the sugar in the tank. And then you coming back yelling at me. Because he's arguing with you back and forth, waving and snapping his things. You ain't listening. I wanted the sound to be like that. And then I'm looking at the pastor like, you're not going to address the lifestyle? Forget this. Exactly. Engineer, I will talk to you next week. You come here. We need deliverance. We need to set you free exactly. from the life. If you are a Christian, this is the standard. Yeah. But the problem is pastors need to shepherd the flock. I don't want to yeah. know nothing about no engineer. Just turn my mic on, and if you don't, and if you don't like the way I sound, I'm gonna go by what you say. When a praise yeah. and worship guy come to me and he start tripping, I'm gonna look at him and say, "I hired you to figure that out. That ain't my job." 
And right. the engineer knows more than you because he works behind the booth. Your job is to lead this praise and worship team and make sure to say, and, 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 and here's my problem. We give people too much power. Yeah. I don't like having a praise and worship guy over the engineer department. I don't. Mm. Know why I've he shouldn't be that. over that department? Yeah, that happens. Because he's too emotional. Everybody exactly. knows artists are emotional. Why in God's name do you have to keep putting a praise and worship guy over engineering? And he barking and yelling about a sound that he don't yeah. even know how it works. He don't even nope. know how it works. My mic is distorted. Turn me up. Turn 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 the house down. You don't even know what the house down means sometimes. Some of them jokers just learned what a monitor was two months ago, but now they want to shine because they got hired at the big church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You and this happens everywhere. And the problem is pastors, white, black, or not are together, don't think through that whole process. If I go to a Southern Baptist church, it's all about imagery. And a Southern Baptist pastor, nine times out of ten, won't deal with all that stuff because okay. he hires somebody to help it. The executive pastor, that's his job. He's over okay. everybody. At a black church, the black pastor got to be in everything. Right. He got to be the last voice for everything. That's ego. That's pride. White pastors yeah. do it too. Don't get it twisted. But they do That's it in true. a different. They do it in a different way. What I'm finding out right now to answer PL's question again, Prentice Thompson's question again, we got to get rid of an ungodly hierarchy in the church. Mm. Shepherds opposed to shepherd. Exactly. I don't do. I don't do engineering, bro. That's I got enough on my plate worrying about people sleeping with each other, babies being born, baby dedication, a baby out of wedlock, somebody wanted to have an abortion, and, and I'm yep. trying to talk them through that. I'm trying to make sure my kids are making it. I'm trying to make sure the youth pastor is not That's trying it. to make babies, and, and he's doing his yeah. job, and he's loving the kids, and he's faithful. I'm trying to get the deacons to understand that, yeah, your job sometimes is not the highest rewarding, but it's the first right. phase to becoming an elder. You understand right, what I'm but saying? Like, the pastor's job is to smell like the sheep. And too many times, they don't. No. We're supposed to spend so much time with the sheep that we smell like them. Mm -hmm. And that's where the issues come in a lot of times. Let me ask you a question. Paul, Paul had an armor bearer? Nope. You sure? Peter? Did Peter have an armor bearer? None not of them had an armor bearer. Not. You know who they no. carried around them? Young men that they were developing to take their place. Yeah, Barnabas. Exactly. Paul. Mm -hmm. Paul had yeah. Barnabas and Timothy. Mm -hmm. we, built right. but you don't yeah. see that. And do you, and let me ask you this question. Where have you seen a white church in a Southern Baptist convention train a black man to take over that church? You're going to wait for it, right? <laughs> it ain't happening. Why? Because it's not about shepherding. It's about it's about multiracial, not multicultural. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself. That's boss. That's what I'm saying. So ask yourself, when have you went to a church? If I could get into all the exegetical and hermeneutics and all that, and all, we could talk all that. We could talk how yeah. the word is presented, but we're exactly. not talking about how the word is lived out. Mm -hmm. Like you can't talk about sin in church no more. You're not allowed to say homosexuality is a sin. Yeah. You you, yep. you you're not allowed to hold your members accountable because you're afraid of losing money. Right, exactly. But if you, but if you, but if you notice a angry black preacher 
that talks bad about every preacher is the most popular because he's clear. Mm -hmm. The racist white preacher who hides it under scriptural text and takes it out of context, he's still clear. Yeah. People respect clarity. Members don't care if you're always right. They care if you're always real. Because mm. you don't get to pick who comes to your church. God does that. Right. Right. But if you're not real, and what I mean by real authenticity, you're true to what you say. Uh, like uh, if, sure. if I have friends who are gay, I will feed them, clothe them, play ball with them. I will go to lunch with them. Like I went to lunch uh, last year with my gay friend. Uh, well, not last year, earlier this year before the pandemic. And he literally said, well, don't you feel uncomfortable being around all these gay people? I said, y'all gay. I ain't gay. Why well, I need to be uncomfortable? <laughs> I know who I am. You know who you are. He's like, yeah, so why are we uncomfortable? You have all your rights based on the, the world standard. And then that's another right, thing. Right. We, don't, we don't know how to articulate truth to whites yeah. about how we feel about what they do to us. Exactly. And we don't give them biblical references. That's why I gave you Matthew 23 and 23. That's why yeah. if I was to talk to you about that, I could use the whole book of Acts to cover racism. So th there's no way somebody yeah. can have that. And then when we have that conversation, then we can argue semantics about the, the hermeneutical part of it, uh, uh, of of how we articulate it. If, I, if you don't want to hear woke, cho woke church, Matthew 23, 23 right. uses the word social justice. It uses the word justice. Exactly. So if you don't want to say social, yeah. you can say biblical justice. Biblically, exactly. you shouldn't treat me lower than you because of race. Because all you, and then if you want to use a reference, you can say, as a white man, you are playing the roles of a Jew. Yeah. And me as a black man, I'm playing the role of a Gentile. Exactly. So if you want to look at it from that biblical context, you should be loving me consistently all day long. Because Jesus was at the well with the woman. And what was the first thing he said? That's right. I will one day, what, pour my spirit upon all. That's right. But we don't That's talk right. like that no more. We don't talk like that. We talk Republican, Democrat. Yeah. We don't talk Jesus. If we talk Jesus, you don't have a leg to stand on. But people are afraid to right. have that conversation. Just like I said right. about the homosexuality question. I don't hate you. I right. just believe if you're a Christian, like when gay people say, I don't want to be around you. You know, I'm just using that as an example because we're talking about Southern Baptist. Sure. But if a gay person says, I don't like this and that and the third, I said, well, why are we having a conversation? You going to get saved? No. So why are you worried about the church? Right. I, just, I don't like the way the church. Do you need a church to live your life? Because legally, you have all your rights. You can get married. Y'all can both go to the hospital together. Y'all both can be on primary yep. care and all that. So why you care what the church then? I just don't like exactly. the way you talk. I say, why y'all use the church so much to validate your lifestyle? Y'all don't need us. Why we got to right, be your exactly. target for your substance? Know why? Because the church right. is called by God and has influence. See, I'm, I'm just saying the same thing needs to happen with the Southern Baptists. And let me say this. I know we've been on a minute. I don't want to cut you short. So I sorry. think, I think pastors who are African-American men need to grow their church and stop trying to fight to be associated with people who don't want them. We work too hard to be accepted by whites when we should exactly. just be accepted by God and grow our church. Your church is not growing because you're not doing your job. It ain't got nothing to do with this white man over here. Yeah. Don't blame wow. him. Grow your church. Yeah. I, if I if I That's shepherd it. again, if I shepherd again, I do the work that I'm doing right now. I am not looking for any uh, Caucasian, white, Anglo-Saxon man to validate who I am. And exactly. I'm gonna love them. I'll partner, but you won't be my you won't be my pimp. <laughs> you won't be my master. Right, right, right. You right, won't be right. my validation. I don't exactly. need you for acceptance. 
you are my brothers in Christ. And I think that's the problem with church today is black people fight too hard for acceptance. And you make them your God when you do that. Right. Yeah. Y'all do know yeah. most black people don't know it was a black man who came to Europe to share the gospel originally. Mm-hmm. You, I know you know that, Red, mm-hmm. but most yeah. people don't know that. He discipled Europeans and then Europeans and then they painted Jesus white. When I went to London, when I went to, yeah. you know what I'm saying, London and myself, the guy literally broke a white guy, broke down. This is when we originally painted the white Jesus. <laughs> I said, I, I said, why are you telling me this? He said, because I don't understand how y'all don't talk about this in the States. Wow. There's a white wow. man mad at me because he said, you ain't, I, 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 I wanted to say, listen, my brother, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like my, my newbie. I wanted to call him my newbie, brother, because he was coming at me like a black man. He was like, hey, brother, you talking you? He dropped. I think he cut his line by accident. All right. All right. So we want to thank Pastor JT for joining us and, yeah, um, yeah. and imparting to us. Um, be sure to comment, share, do all those necessary things. Yeah. Um, Rob, yep, yep, subscribe. Yep. I hope you enjoyed this this passionate discussion about yeah, black pastor yeah. white church i hope you gleaned mm-hmm. from it i hope you got some knowledge and like yeah. we say always in parting keep god first yeah. in everything you do keep him first and we see you next time on the church sound sound podcast podcast see you next time right, no doubt